Listen, those are the drums of liberty. With the firing of Tucker Carlson, cable news and journalism has died. That ends a chapter in media that began in 1980. Let's talk about it on this Liberty Minute. Welcome to the Theory to Action podcast, where we examine the timeless treasures of wisdom from the great books in less time to help you take action immediately and ultimately to create and lead a flourishing life. Now, here's your host, David Kaiser. Hello, I am David, and welcome back to this Liberty Minute. With the firing of Tucker Carlson, cable news and journalism has died. We should hold a funeral for them. You can close that chapter in the history of cable news. Now, frankly, it's been hanging on for a while. Even traditional journalism, such as newspapers and magazines, have been hanging on for a while. But in the last 10 to 15 years, the descent of cable news and journalism has dropped like the country itself. It's a 45-degree tilt like a plane losing its engine power. That descent has been alarming, and the crash has always been anticipated. No matter what you thought about Tucker Carlson, whatever reason for his firing, he was one of very, very few actually speaking up for the truth. God knows you can't say that about anyone else, either at Fox or anywhere else in the cable news environment. Certainly not the frauds at MSNBC, Mike and Joe. Micah and Joe. Holy smokes. Wow. You can see what Fox is trying to do in the aftermath, though. Wreck Tucker Carlson's image completely to separate him from his fans. Attack his character. Attack his person. Put out false stories about him. Put a story out about how he called a producer names, even though he's never met the producer. By all accounts, never even physically been in her presence for over three years. That way, Fox can try and win back its core audience of fans, thereby hurting Tucker wherever he lands. It's the old school dating power play that we all are familiar with. We've all seen this movie before. Gossip to all your friends surrounding the girl you want to date to have her break up with a boyfriend so you can try and win the courtship. And mostly everyone is seeing through it. Except the knuckleheads at MSNBC. But then again, there's always knuckleheads in our lives. I should throw the Drudge Report in there as well. He seems to have lost his mind over the last decade. So I thought it was interesting that just last or two weeks ago Friday... Uh, Tucker Carlson spoke at the 50th anniversary of the Heritage Foundation, a conservative think tank, think tank in Washington, D.C. And you can tell he knew nothing about what would happen the following Monday, or if he did, he was pulling off a better acting performance than perhaps Sean Patrick Flannery in the incredible movie that was just released, Nefarious. I actually saw that in the movie theater. I'd urge you to see it as well. It's still out in movie theaters. It's an incredible movie with incredible acting. Uh, just as an FYI, don't take the kids. It's a horror movie uh, and really does talk and show the absolute good and absolute evil of the spiritual battle taking place in our world as we know it. It's 
the equivalent of a modern-day screw tape letters. But getting back to Tucker and his speech at the Heritage, here is three pull quotes I thought was relevant that I wanted to share with you. At the beginning of his speech, and I would think most people probably miss this, he says, quote, Father Scalia, wherever you are, I want to thank you for the invocation you gave. That really hit me. It reminded me that I don't pray enough for the country, and I really should. I'm upset about that, but you have given us a good reminder. It's well received that we need to include our country in our prayers. So thank you for that. End quote. Now, the Father Scalia that he is speaking about is one Father Paul Scalia of the Archdiocese of Arlington, Virginia, and the son of former Justice Antonin Scalia. The second pull quote from the speech, and I'll put the entire link or the link to the entire speech in the show notes so you can watch it if you missed it. The second quote is this, quote, the story of the last decade is a collapse not of the population. The people remain noble and decent so far as I can tell. I still live here. I'm never leaving. We have good people. We have terrible people in charge, not just of our institutions, or not just of our government, but our institutions that I grew up in, the Episcopal Church, my high school. You know, I could go on and on, but they're all run by weak people. Leadership is failing us. Now, I couldn't agree more. We have been plagued by weak leadership for over the last 15 years. I wouldn't say just the last 10 years or the last decade like Tucker did. I would start with George W. Bush's last years in office and that silly and absurd notion that he had that we will end capitalism to save capitalism. To me, that really was a pivot point that nobody has analyzed yet, at least not that I can see. No good books have covered it in detail, and I know I've been looking around for them. And the last quote that I thought was profound is this. He said, this is an understanding of good and evil. And what are its products? What are these? Two conditions produce well. I mean, good is characterized by order, calmness, tranquility, peace, whatever you want to call it. Lack of conflict. Cleanliness. Cleanliness is next to godliness. It's true. It is. Evil is characterized by their opposites. Violence, hate, disorder, division, disorganization, and filth. So if you are all in on the things that produce the latter basket of outcomes, what you're really advocating for is evil. That's just true. I'm not calling for a religious war, far from it. I'm merely calling for acknowledgement of what we are all watching. End quote. Amen. That is very well said, very well captured. And I think it took a lot of courage to say what he said that night. And many believe, many analysts believe that that speech was not welcomed in the halls of the executive leadership of Fox News. And perhaps it was the straw that broke the camel's back. And the following Monday, well, you know what happened. Tucker was ousted from his show. He had the highest ratings on cable news. In fact, he almost doubled the next closest show in the 8 p.m., 9 p.m., and 10 p.m. Eastern hour. Now, back in 
2021, Tucker released his latest book, The Long Slide, 30 Years in American Journalism. And I thought this would be instructive of how he viewed journalism over the last 30 years because it dovetails perfectly with his speech that he just gave at Heritage. So with that, let's go to our first pull quote. One exception to this is the state of the country. That does matter. After wading through more than 100,000 words of old journalism, I can report that our country has changed. It's more crowded, for one thing. The American population has grown by close to 100 million people since I started in the business. Technology has grown apace, of course, transforming everyone and everything. On my first day as a professional, professional journalist, I had never heard of the Internet. Now, I'd never even used a computer. Now I rarely see my coworkers in person. Daily life exists online. But it's the changes in attitudes that strike me most. In 1991, journalists were proud to be open-minded, and I was proud to become one. My father was a reporter, and he embodied everything I associated with journalism. He was smart, curious, and relentlessly skeptical. It was impossible to bullshit my father. My brother and I never even tried. Above all, he was brave. If he thought someone or something was true, he felt free to say it. Truth is a defense. He often said, this is America. You're allowed to be honest. That could have been the motto of every magazine I worked for, liberal or conservative. Editors saw themselves as the guardians of free speech and unfettered inquiry. That was their job. If the people they exposed to public ridicule didn't like it, tough. The complaints of guilty were a badge of honor. Editors posted hate mail on bulletin boards in the newsroom. Being despised was something you bragged about. It meant you were telling the truth. Did you catch that nugget of wisdom? Truth is a defense. Here's the actual quote. If he thought something was true, he felt free to say it. Truth is a defense, he often said. This is America. You're allowed to be honest. That's quite powerful. Let's keep going. Back to the book. The New Republic was always liberal, but at the time it was still a magazine. It produced journalism, not just propaganda. I have plenty of friends who work there. A couple of times I wrote for it myself, including a story that is included in this book. In the fall of 2007, the New Republic sent me to Nevada to Nevada to cover Texas Congressman Ron Paul, who was running for president. Paul was a highly eccentric person, as you'll see in the piece, but in the end, I decided I liked him. He was completely sincere, a quality we undervalue in Washington, probably because we rarely see it. Others at the New Republic despised Ron Paul. They believed he was a menace to the country. They were particularly offended by Paul's isolationist foreign policy views, which contradicted everything the New Republic had been saying for decades in editorials. A month later, a New Republic reporter called Jamie Kerchick responded to my piece by attacking Ron Paul in a long diatribe that dismissed him as a bigoted lunatic. That was fine with me, Jamie Kerchnick had one view of Ron Paul, I had the other. Both of us were allowed to express what we thought. What mattered to me most 
I'm sorry, what mattered to me was that a fervently neoconservative magazine had allowed me to write a an affectionate, even-handed story about a guy who opposed neoconservatives. That just seemed like honorable journalism. Did you catch that second nugget of wisdom? It produced journalism, not propaganda. Here's that full quote again. The New Republic was always liberal, but at the time it was still a magazine. It produced journalism, not just propaganda. I have plenty of friends who work there. A couple times I wrote for it myself, including a story that's included, including a story that's included in this book. So getting from journalism to not just to propaganda, let's go back to the book for another quote. Today, politics is everything. There's no chance the New Republic would ever again publish one of my stories. Editors at the New Republic no longer encourage dissent or praise free thinking. They penalize it. They don't facilitate important national conversations. They end them. The New Republic has become closed-minded and reflexively partisan, exactly the qualities it once hated. It's been awful to watch this happen but it's no longer surprising. Censorship is now the rule in popular media. News outlets openly censor ideas they don't like and encourage others to do the same. Journalism has been utterly corrupted. Yet somehow I never thought I'd see see the same variety of rot in book publishing. To a greater degree, even than reporters, book publishers always describe themselves as as defenders of open and rational debates about ideas. The people who edited books believed they were the curators of the country's intellectual life. For that reason, over the course of a century, they relentlessly fought any form of censorship. And sadly, now we know censorship is everywhere. Cancel this person. Cancel that person. Why? Because they asked too many questions. What? Huh? Yes, cancel them, cancel the person. This coming from the same people and institutions 30 years ago who was defending that very core idea. Their intentions and guiding principles now are malice. They intend evil, evil at its core, rotten. Let's go back to the book. This seemed like a new, ominous standard. I considered all the magazine pieces I had written over the years for editors who passionately disagreed with my politics, most of them probably. It never once occurred to me that a story of mine might be killed or rewritten into mush because some executive thought I'd voted the wrong way. If small-minded partisans had been in charge, I never could have stayed in journalism. At this point, people with my opinions can't. They have been driven from traditional journalism. You can mark the firing of Tucker Carlson as a bookend to the age of traditional cable journalism. And I would put regular cable news like Fox News into that bucket, traditional cable journalism. That market has been around since 1980 with the start of CNN but they have largely been irrelevant for the last decade. Their ratings only consist of airport TVs being on. 
Nobody is seriously watching them. Fox News was the leader of cable news and was watched by most people to get close to the truth of what was actually happening in our wider world. It started in 1996. So from 1996 to 2023, that was a pretty good run. But the last five to seven years, even at Fox News, they have been losing the battle to discover the truth. The digital revolution is here. Digital revolution of podcast, of YouTube host, and other journalists that are hungry for the truth. So the demise of Fox News in the end of the era of traditional journalism has been coming for a long time. The one bright shining spot in all that grayness for the last five years was Tucker Carlson. You couldn't put him into a bucket. He still believed in old school principles of journalism. You go where the truth leads you. Remember our first nugget of wisdom. Truth is a defense that Tucker's dad said to him often, as well as our second nugget. Journalism is not propaganda. There's a big difference. Tucker could discern that. Mika and Joe can't. They can't find fact from fiction to save their lives. They are a full IV line of Pravda, a.k.a. 1950s Joseph Stalin style. This is too funny because I've had so many friends on the right and the left who still get mad at me if I bring up Tucker. Merely mention his name. It's like holy waters being thrown on the possessed. Kind of funny, don't you think? It reverses the psychology for me, though. Oh, if you're going to react with such venom, perhaps we are close to the truth then. As one side says they hate him for this story or that story, the other side says the same thing on the opposite side. Tucker, for his politics, I would say he's probably libertarian at heart. There are some good things about that political philosophy and some bad, but he's not complicated about it for him. You can hear his thinking out loud on a show. Follow the story. Where did it go? Keep things simple. Did the facts line up with what you are seeing, what you're observing? Ask tough questions. Demand truthful answers. When the BS comes, call it BS and move on. There should be no respect for BS artists. They're frankly unserious people. Now we just have more unserious people in our country. Tucker called many in our media world unserious because, frankly, that's the truth. And he's right. Traditional journalism has been and was hanging on by a thread. Now, you have the folks like John Solomon and Cheryl Atkinson doing good work, but there aren't many. Miranda defines another one. Maybe you can find some folks at Substack. The point is you're going to have to look hard. And I'm not sure there's any real media outlets or traditional journalism spaces like in a newspaper that even care for the real truth these days. They just want to score political points and make their advertisers happy. And that is sad. Now back to Tucker. No matter if you loved him or you hated him, you watched. We all watched. The ratings told us that. I just read that In this past week, 
the ratings fell to 1.3 million people that watched in that 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock hour. Compared with the previous Wednesday when Tucker was on, he got 3.2 million. So roughly half the audience or more has left. And if that holds, it's a death nail. So let's ask ourselves, why did we watch? Why well, believe, like I said before, we were all seeking the truth. Because you don't know what the show was going to be about. That's the reason why you watched. You couldn't pigeonhole Tucker into a Republican rag straight out of the 1850s or a liberal Walter Cronkite regurgitating State Department talking points like it was the 1960s. So you couldn't pigeonhole him one way or the other. So you just waited. We all waited until 8.01 p.m. Eastern. Was Tucker going to be ripping Republicans tonight who couldn't close the southern border in their home state when they have the governorship for the last 10 years and the state legislature? See Texas Governor Greg Abbott for that one. Or was Tucker going to bring on Glenn Greenwald, the former New York Times correspondent and a left-wing liberal who I thought was nuts for some 10 years? Yes, I'm ashamed of that because he said some outlandish things around Edward Snowden in our national security documents at the time. But would he bring on Glenn Greenwald to give us the truth? Or was Tucker going to bring on Victor Davis Hanson, arguably the hardest working U.S. and military historian still alive in the country? And then was Victor going to criticize Democrats or Republicans? It was hard to know. He was looking through the world, looking at the world through a prism, a lens of some 3,000 years of human history. So you waited like all of us for what he was going to say, and then you waited for how Tucker was going to react. Or was Tucker going to bring on Candace Owens, a super articulate African-American female who wouldn't bow to the rest of the African-American community? And so she was in that figurative circling firing squad. And she got a ton of blowback from her first book. A black female conservative who spoke as articulately as she wrote. Yes, we all waited for 8.01 p.m. Eastern to see where Tucker's show would take us each and every night. Again, his ratings prove that. So in today's Liberty Minute, the long slide of traditional cable journalism and cable news has ended with this bookend, the firing of Tucker Carlson. But Tucker will reappear in a different platform because when you seek the truth and ask questions to discover the truth, people will watch and listen to you. Tucker demonstrated that. And as the Holy Bible tells us, there's nothing new under the sun. We human beings seek the truth. It's been that way since the beginning of human history. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. One of my favorite Bible verses. And then Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me 
No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6. So thank you, Tucker. Thank you for a great run from 2017 to 2023. I actually didn't start watching you regularly until 2018 or 19, as a matter of fact. But we did appreciate you most especially during COVID and during the January 6th debacle at the Capitol. Because eventually we knew you would seek the truth, find the truth, and report on the truth. So for now, we are all waiting where the road leads you next. And as you can expect, we will be watching and listening. Why? Because like in the beginning, we are all just wanting the truth. A society that is craving the truth, starving for the truth, because the propaganda hangs thick in the United States of 2023. But you already knew that, didn't you? Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this Theory to Action podcast. Be sure to check out our show page at teammojoacademy.com, where we have everything we discussed in this podcast, as well as other great resources. Until next time, keep getting your mojo on. Are you a voracious reader who yearns for a deeper understanding of your favorite books? Or perhaps you're a busy professional seeking to enrich your knowledge, but short on time. The Mojo Academy 2.0 is your perfect solution. Our revamped service now includes beautifully designed monthly written reviews and PDF format to accompany our popular audio reviews. These aren't just summaries. These are comprehensive and insightful explorations of each book, packed with the actual quotes from the book to enhance your understanding. With usually six to nine pages per review, they are perfect reference tools to take your learning to the next level. Get your free Mojo Academy review in written format at teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes for that free link. Again, teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes, and you will see the link for the free written review. Get yours today.